0: one of the hardest parts about being at the hospital already knowing what's going to happen that my baby's going to be born still and that we won't ever actually get to meet her I'll get to hold her I know but just knowing that you have to go through labor now and like labor is only worth it because of the end result I just remember telling Josh probably 150 times that day I'm not strong enough to do this I can't do this I'm not going to make it through this
1: travel down life's highway, navigating personal and professional connections can be challenging. But here on Destination Connections, Kelsey and Robin will explore their 10 travel tips to help guide your journey. So buckle up and enjoy the drive.
2: Remember, everyone you meet is afraid of something, loves something, and has lost something. Today, we're going to be talking about that. We are.
3: There's a lot to unpack there.
2: Yes, it's a really good quote to keep in mind when connecting with people anytime you come face to face with someone, really. And today's guest, I love her to talk about the tip of being pleasant and specifically the reflection question, what battle are they facing right now? Because Ashley has a battle that's not necessarily always visible to everyone. So... Thanks for coming, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Why don't we just talk a little bit about when you found out you were pregnant with Kinzer up to the um, gender reveal? It was about
0: three and a half years ago. I found out that I was pregnant with my fifth child. I have four beautiful, wonderful little girls, and then I found out I'm pregnant. So when I find out, I'm actually kind of upset. Mm -hmm. So my husband, Josh, and I... We were good
3: with four and thought that that was going to be great. What kind of crazy person has more than four kids, really? Right? (laughs) No, that's (laughs) not (laughs) (laughs) mine.
0: So that's kind of where we were. We went to the doctor's appointment and my thought process is, well, maybe this is our boy. I mean, I kind of want a boy. My husband, we met playing sports in college. So we're like sporty and,
2: you know, maybe we can have a boy. So. Because your girls, for the most part, are not sporty. No. and
0: Well, at that time, they're all little. But at least the one (laughs) was definitely not sporty, the oldest one. So we are cruising along. It was weird, though, because I was kind of hesitant to tell people that I was pregnant. And I don't know why. I hadn't been before. Then we get up to the gender. So we did the blood test. And I will never forget this day. We end up going, it starts snowing and icing, so we aren't going to be able to find out or like have like an actual party. So my friend Katie decides to boil some eggs. She's going to boil eggs that are not the gender. And then the eggs that are not harboiled that it will crack, that's the gender. So we have two pink eggs, two blue eggs. I let each one of the four girls be the ones to throw them. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, wait, I am so confused about how you make pink eggs or blue eggs. Um, Just dyeing them. The inside of an egg? No, 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 no. Okay, hold
0: on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so confused. So, this is what, so she took four eggs. Okay. She hard boiled two of them. Okay. And she didn't... Har- then the other two were just two eggs. Okay. Then she, the ones that were hard boiled, yes. she looked at the results. Okay. And she dyed them the color pink, green, blue. <laughs> she dyed the hard boiled ones blue. And she dialed the not hard-boiled ones pink. So when my girls threw them and the pink ones cracked, I just started crying because it's
2: not a boy. There are some golden pictures that came out of that. The face of Ashley and her husband when they saw it was just like... (laughs) It (laughs) it doesn't translate
0: over podcast, but not good. It looks like (laughs) devastation. So that's... I will forever have those memories. There's a lot of regret for those feelings. You know, I know some people struggle to get pregnant or have babies. So I just feel guilty for feeling those things anyway. But also, I got to a point where I was so excited to have a fifth. And I'm like, you know what, we are going to have five little girls. And how old were your other four girls at that time? Six was the oldest. And then four, two. And she was, let's see, six months when we got
3: pregnant. What was the pregnancy like?
0: I am very blessed.
3: I love being pregnant. I
0: have very easy pregnancies. I gained 27 pounds on the dot <laughs> with all my pregnancies. I remember we went to our 16 week checkup. You know, we hear the heartbeat and make sure everything's okay and I remember we walked out of the doctor's office and that's when I actually announced like on Facebook, Facebook official. We did it again. We are having another baby and it's another girl. So the day of your, what appointment was it? This is our 20 week appointment. Okay. I have a babysitter come over and watch the girls and we get ready to go see our baby. So we walk into the doctor's office, we go into the ultrasound room and we're joking around about like what she's going to look like and, you know, all those things. The ultrasound tech comes in and she's asking me questions, you know, so when's your due date? How have you been feeling? And she starts taking measurements and our baby girl is up on the screen in front of us and I can see her and I'm like, oh, I should have drank soda before I came. Like, it looks like she's just kind of sleeping. She just looks like she's not moving around a lot. And I'm like, oh, I hope we can confirm it's a girl because of the blood <laughs> test, you know, whatever
3: blood and, tests often wrong, I guess. Right?
2: Or the response. <laughs> supposed prayers. to ultrasound? I, yeah.
0: <laughs> right?
3: I was like, I feel like they've been
0: wrong before.
2: So, <laughs> That's called wishful thinking. Yes, it's 100%.
0: <laughs> well, the ultrasound tech just looks at me weird and says, How far along are you? And I tell her, My due date's July 5th. And she was like, There's something going on. So I have to go out and I'll be right back. So I look at my husband. I'm like, okay, this is annoying, but whatever. Like, I just want to see my baby, right? She walks back in with my doctor. I'm just still not catching on as to what's happening. So he walks in and I said, fancy seeing you here. And I'm like making jokes. And I said, I'm going to see you in like 45 minutes. Could you not wait to see me? So he comes over and he says, hey, Ash, I have to talk to you. And he puts his hand on my leg. All I remember is just saying, no, please, no, please stop. I don't want you to talk to me. I can't handle this. He's like, you know, It looks like it's been at least like 10 days. We can't really know for sure, but she just hasn't been growing and we can't find a heartbeat. And I'm just really sorry. And it's awkward. It's tough. He says he's not doing deliveries until Thursday. This is on a Tuesday. And I was like, no, I want to have her now. I go home and I pack a bag. It's just disbelief, really. So the hospital calls us and says they have a room for us. One of the hardest parts about being at the hospital already knowing what's going to happen, that my baby's going to be born still and that we won't ever actually get to meet her. I'll get to hold her. I know. But just knowing that you have to go through labor now and like labor is only worth it because of the end result. Right. And so this is like I just remember telling Josh probably 150 times that day, like I'm not strong enough to do this. I can't do this. I'm not going to make it through this. So we go up to the room and there's a baby bed. And there's all the baby stuff for when the baby comes. And I immediately just collapse. And so the nurse was like, I'm so sorry. I asked them to have this out of here. Someone, there must have been miscommunication. Do you want this removed? And I was like, yes, please. They had to induce labor at 22 weeks. Mm -hmm. My body wasn't going into labor. And she had been gone for what they had thought, probably like nine or 10 days. So they were just saying like, yeah, we're going to have to break your water and You're going to go into labor. And so the nurses come in and they just kind of warn you. And my doctor came in and talked to me, the one that delivered Kinzer. And he says, You're going to experience all the contractions. You're going to, it's going to feel the same as your other four. So if you want an epidural, and I was like, Yeah, this is painful enough. Like I'm hurting on the inside. I just, I don't want any more pain. We were checked in by like nine. They broke my water and induced me. And I had Kinser at six in the morning. They just kept saying, you know, she'll be little. She might come out without you having to push. And we don't want you to push because your body will like take care of it. I just remember also being so scared. I I asked the nurse, you know, they were great with me. They were so kind and so loving up there. And I, It would have been so hard to not have someone so understanding. She sat in there with me for at least a couple of hours, did not tend to one other patient. They had their other nurses running around helping other patients because I was just so scared that she was going to come out. And because I had the epidural that maybe I wouldn't know or I I just didn't want to have to like pick her up. I just didn't know. Uncharted territory. Yeah, Yeah. very much. So I end up having Kinzer and the doctors in there whenever I go into labor, her dad got to cut the cord and, you know, they wrap her up and we get to hold her. She was, they said it had actually been Probably a little more than 10 days. So she started to discolor. It was it it was tough. And did they know why? Um she
2: quit growing and
0: yes. We could have done an autopsy. Our doctor was like, Look, this isn't a hundred percent, but the cord was wrapped around her neck four times. And he's like, I'm telling you, like this is pretty much what happened. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have this baby girl. We give her a name, Kinzer Serenity, serenity meaning peace. My husband and I just broke. We were really broken for a long time.
2: Leaving the hospital, what was
0: that like? That was actually the hardest part after having her. Mm -hmm. So they do hand and footprints. I mean, I have her little prints. They have these women that go up and they make these little tiny knit hats for the little tiny stillborns just to have something to remember them. I left the hospital that same day, but without a baby. So I have a belly and I'm bleeding and I have all the signs of of birth and having a baby, but I don't have a
3: baby. I have to leave her at the hospital. And that was so tough. You were saying when you left the hospital, you had to be wheeled out as if you just gave a birth to a baby and were bring them home. You know, you had a belly as if you had just given birth to a baby and were bringing her home. Um, physically, what were those next few weeks and months like for you as far as comparable with having a live baby that you brought home with you?
0: Yeah, I had all the things happen. Like I said, I was bleeding. And I was gonna have to end up having a checkup six weeks out or whatever. But I think the biggest shocker for me is a few days after I got home, I just remember waking up in the middle of the night, and my shirt was wet. I don't know, If the doctor just forgot to tell me or if I didn't hear it or what, but my milk came in. I just remember that being absolutely devastating. When I when I was home, that was that was so tough because I struggled to breastfeed even my my first girls. So just the fact that I could even get milk in at twenty two weeks, why my body didn't realize you don't have a baby to feed and I'm not trying to feed. So that was that was horrible. And then just the regular stuff, you know, no working out or anything for six weeks. I mean, it was a full-on labor.
3: You had just become Facebook official, pregnant for the fifth time. How did you tell others? That night, I get home. I had actually posted some lyrics
0: on Facebook. It's a Christian song, Lauren Daigle. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through when you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust in you. I put that out on Facebook. Then my aunt and my uncle reached out to my mom. And I had a couple people say, are you okay? You know, what's going on? But we really wanted to tell family first. And Josh, my husband, played baseball. And so he was supposed to be leaving five days after we had her to go down to spring training, I wanted him to be able to go and do what he does. I made a lot of phone calls. Our church community actually ended up reaching out to a bunch of our friends. They set up meal plan. And for 16 days, I didn't make a dinner. I didn't have to go to a grocery store. My kids were brought presents. When people came and like dropped off dinners and stuff, I would invite some of the ones I wanted to talk to or if I needed, you know, someone there, they would stay and read books. I don't know that I could have gotten out of bed. I had to, I had four kids at home, but without the support of my family and my
2: friends and our church community and stuff, it's not something you can do alone. What was your relationship like with Josh? Because that's an interesting dynamic of ideally, you know, he's being a rock and support for you, but also he's grieving and he's healing. So you guys kind of have to be that, for each other while you're both in like this horrible place. Yes, he's
0: an amazing dad and he's a great husband and we're best friends. He's quieter, like I'm the social bag and I'm the talker. And so he holds a lot of his stuff inside. And I don't want to speak for him necessarily, but I know he was really, really struggling. I think a lot of times the focus goes on to the mom because I did just go through labor and I'm in physical pain and emotional pain. I mean, he was devastated. I mean, he just lost a child. And a lot of times that's overlooked. The dads are overlooked. We had doubts. Like we just didn't know what to do. Like, do you not go and go down and try to get a job and play baseball? You can't do anything for me. Like I'm heartbroken. I'm the way I am gonna be, whether you're here or not. Yeah. <laughs> so then um we end up telling the older two girls because they have the comprehension. So then this is another dynamic that I didn't realize we were going to go through. But we end up telling the older two who are six and four at the time, that mommy had a baby in her belly. And we are a Christian family. So when we talked to the girls, it was your sister went to be with Jesus and she's in heaven. And that we still love her and we're going to miss her, but you aren't going to get to meet your sister. Then we end up telling them her name and that we love her and you are a big sister again.
2: It's just different. Did they comprehend that? I mean, as well as I guess a six and a four year old can?
0: Yeah, there were a lot of questions, lots of tears, especially from the six year old. It went as well as it could. So fast forward, you said that was around three and a half years ago? So now we're at three years. So I had her three years
2: ago on Sunday. She was born February 21st. What is the support system like now? Is it something, you know, you're still leaning on people for? Is it something that your family still talks about? What does that look like in your everyday relationships? The first year was really rough. The support I had when I got home,
0: like I said, the dinners and, and I mean, people making me like index cards, just like inspirational quotes. And it was what I needed. And I, honestly, I wouldn't have made it through. Then we get to the year mark. And the one year was really, really tough. My due date was also a tough day, which like people don't realize, you know, you're not thinking like, oh, okay, July 5th." like, why would that be a big deal? But when you know you're supposed to be having a baby, and you've already had the baby and the baby isn't here. And so fast forward to her one year, we actually did a huge birthday party with my family. We wrote on balloons, and we released balloons. and One of my friends brings me donuts every year on her birthday for our family and a balloon that says happy birthday. And one of my friends just a couple days ago brought me flowers up to church and a card that just said like, we love baby Kinzer and we can't wait to meet her. It wouldn't have been okay without support. And I always tell people, my brother actually, so we have an urn, There's a funeral home that actually does free, they give free urns and like do do free cremations for stillborns. So we have her little urn and my brother had gotten all my girls little stuffies with their names on them. It's just the little thoughts of her that people
2: come up with. Like, So he got Kinzer one to sit by her urn. If us as humans aren't doing a good job at keeping that perspective of who knows what they're going through or walking through or dealing with right now. I think we can just have a much shorter fuse and shorter patience. And it's a lot harder to be pleasant. Yeah, exactly. Especially I think when it's
3: something like this that you just cannot see at all. Even right after you had her, you know, you see a stranger in the grocery store, they don't know what your level of fitness normally is. So they don't know that you're, like you said, have kind of some belly left over because you had a baby live in there for six months. They don't know that. I have a different situation but I when I lost my first when I my first miscarriage Everything just felt wrong. Like it was just off Like everything was just like because it was almost like there was this alternate universe that was supposed to be happening And just like this is wrong. Wait a minute, you know, like i'm i'm supposed to have my fifth daughter here with me Yeah, you know, like this is this is wrong I came to your house tonight and I didn't bring all five my girls. That's wrong that's stupid, right? I should have brought my five, you know, like, right. All and five so, of them. Yes. And so and I, you know, for me and my loss, like I said, which is different, but there are times it just pops in my head and just feels so shockingly wrong, mm-hmm. that I'm like, if you can't see that, or don't know that it would be like, and then I'm, you know, snippy because of it, or what or sad because of it, or whatever. And someone who doesn't know that I'm dealing with that it would, it causes us just to, to really lose patience really quickly and easily with people and just like, well, what's wrong? And mm-hmm. yes, the answer is everything. I mean, right.
2: you know? and sometimes we can't even like identify it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm just sad or crabby or off and I'm not necessarily like, okay, why am I sad? Correct me if I'm wrong, but we were talking and you said something similarly, like you were <laughs> eating a lot of chocolate or couldn't get out of bed and you put it together of like, oh, we're birthdays coming up. Yes. Like you, we don't even always necessarily know why we're like going through the yuck, but there's probably a reason. I make jokes all the time. Like one of my favorite things to tell my
0: kids is I'm like, if you say that again, I'm going to punch you in your throat. And I would <laughs> never actually punch my child in the throat. But I, I say it like I'm just a jokester and I'm a little crazy, but when people complain about like, oh, I just can't handle them, or like, I don't know why I had another child, and there has to be a lot of grace because sometimes I can get really frustrated. Where I'm like, don't wish that away, don't be so negative if your child's acting out because I wish I had my child here acting out. Part of me feels like it's okay. I'm very much at peace with um with Kinsler not being here, and you know that's something that I worked through. It took a lot of grieving and a lot of picking up the pieces. Especially the first year, but
2: I know where she's at and I know she's okay. So do you think since Kinzer you have a change perspective for others? Yeah.
0: Not only for others, but also just as a mom, I show I feel like I'm a little more patient and I have a lot more grace and a lot more understanding for my kids. I don't know, it just changes
3: the way that you like look at things and the way that you appreciate things whenever you've been through something like that. Everyone doesn't choose that road. You have chosen that road and that's awesome and that's admirable, but people can go through pain and let that become festering wound and bitterness and come away not a better person. So like, I think you need to be proud of yourself that you have let that soften you and come to a place where you understand yourself and others better. Because not everybody does that, unfortunately.
0: Not to discount my daughter and like my loss, but also like I have four beautiful, healthy babies. And I don't know, I just like to look at others and be like, I don't know if you've had it rougher than me or if you've been through something similar or worse than I have. So I just try to learn from this stuff and better myself.
2: I think if you looked at your family, your four beautiful girls, you and your husband, like I could see how someone passing you at Walmart would be like this perfect chick and her perfect family and her perfect life. And you've been authentic and open enough to show people like, no, I'm not. I go through junk and it's just, it's everyone. You're just an example of everyone It might look different. I don't think we can really say it's worse or better, but the point is everyone has that and is going through that or will go through that at some point. Yeah.
3: Ashley, thank you so much for coming tonight. We really appreciate you taking this time to share your story with us and Kinser with us. And I also can't wait to meet her someday.
2: Thank you. And if you have anything that stuck out to you about Ashley's story, or if you have a story you want to share with us, we would love to hear it. We have a section on destinationconnections.com where we want to hear from you and we want to hear your stories and your struggles. So make sure you check that out. Can't wait to connect.
1: Well, that wraps up another episode of Destination Connections. We'd like to thank you again for traveling with us today. And now we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear your story, how these travel tips have affected you or any questions or comments you may have. And make sure you check out our website at destinationconnections.com. And please leave us an email for our mailbag episode. Also, make sure you like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Destination Connections. Till next time, we can't wait to connect.
3: I appreciate it that was so long and rambly i'm doing that over sorry that was bad i was like in the middle am i still talking yeah i'm still talking uh. i'm still saying this this is the same sentence yeah i'm still talking
0: i feel like i had a few of those so he loves
3: us he's just have a lot of
0: editing to do oh okay nice and i like to talk and ramble and going this is Kansas not our services. worst episode so, oh okay good oh, not by
2: far no, no you're awesome. good yeah.
3: okay good no. All right.